0: Hey, Road to Life, we love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline and we're gonna hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com and we'll see you next week.
1: We're gonna talk about something today and the title of it. Is is favor. Everybody say favor, favor. You know when you think about favor, all of us want to be favored by somebody. Well, you want to be favored by the right people. How many of you know what I'm saying? You. But when and when you think about the word favor, is not to over generalize. But I'm going to put the word generally in there again. Generally speaking. There's two types of favor, and I realize that as I share this, you, somebody, well, what about this or what about that? But I think generally there's two types of favor, and the first type of favor is in some way based on something natural that we do. I could say it like this: It's earned. It is something that that we that we've done. And like, let me just give you a great example. How many of you are favorable toward? Um, friendly, nice people. How many of you know what I'm saying? there's a, but then equally, how many of you readily recognize if they're not smiling, they're not friendly, and they're not rude, it, it, or they are rude, it is a challenge to be favorable toward them. How many of you know, and you have to crucify your flesh. It was something they, it was something, I mean, sometimes you could even go into this. I remember when I was younger, I was more like this, but outside appearance. How many of you know what I'm saying? If a Salesman, if you meet a salesman and you're like, oh my gosh, they're so far out, you are already closed down, and but just by the way that they look, maybe what they're dressing or or what they're wearing or something like that. And you know, when you think about it, is favor this first level we're talking about is it's based on performance or a talent or a skill or maybe a reputation for a skill or or, um, a talent that you know. It could be maybe, you know, you look and somebody says to you that I am a physician or I am a doctor. Immediately in your mind, there's a level of favor because of a credential and a schooling that goes behind them that you immediately recognize, okay, they could probably talk to me in a much deeper level in an area that I don't know a lot about. A mechanic. How many of you know a mechanic that's a good mechanic has favor with you? You are like, let me even throw this out, an honest mechanic. Has has they have favor with you? A tradesperson, or maybe a title that says about somebody that they've accomplished something. Favor if if you talk about a celebrity. Celebrities, you look and it's like you know me and my wife. We went and saw thee. The Elvis movie. Anybody see the Elvis movie? I feel really bad for Elvis after watching that movie. I thought, oh my gosh, I felt I felt really bad in why I mean I just I felt bad for him. But you looked at him and when he walked out on the stage, he had a level of favor. He just had a level of favor, mostly with women. How many of you know what I'm saying? Because he would just like wiggle one leg and they would go crazy. I'm like, what in the flip is going is, is going on? And when you think about it, I mean, sports people, they have a level of favor because of something they've earned, something that they've accomplished. And I'm gonna be really honest with you that when I go to the store um, and I'm going to the checkout, is what I do is I assess the people at the registers based on their performance. I look and the person that is flying through stuff and they're real and they seem like they know what to do and as opposed to the person who is really, really slow, we need a price check, please. How many of you know what I'm saying? my favor goes to this one. And the reason is, is because of their understanding. A restaurant server. I know, and I totally believe in, we should, uh, as Christians, we should tip at least 15% when we go into a restaurant. We should. But how many of you know, there are certain that you want to give 20%, but there's others that say, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't give you anything. How many of you know what I'm saying? Because they didn't earn any favor, because they let your water, they had an attitude, all of the above. And so you look, and so when you talk about it, this is a natural favor, and it's readily seen in the world that we live in today. The first type of favor, I think all of us are very aware because we see it every single day. We interact with it every single day in our life. But the second type of favor is unnatural, and it's even undeserving. And depending on the level of sacrifice, when it's realized, when we realize that we were favored by somebody. Have you ever been somewhere and somebody did something for you that you didn't even know them and they didn't even know you, but they just out of an act of kindness did something, it does something on the inside of you. It does something where you stop and you're like, they don't even know me. I've done that I've done this before with people and I just I don't know. I just felt stirred and so they were going in line and I would just say to the cash the cashier before they got there, whatever they get, tell them it's on the house today and I'll pay for it when I get up here. And they stand there and they're like and they say, somebody else paid for it. And they're looking around. They're saying Hoot, I don't see anybody I know, you know what I'm saying? And they're just standing and I'm just standing there. You know what I'm saying? But what it is is it does something in your heart when when that happened, and you know I think the first level it is uh, it, of of favor is deserving to it where I've accomplished this and so but the second level it, it there is no deservingness and it has a profound effect upon our heart and upon our life and I want to read a passage in the Gospel of John and let it define the second type of favor. For us. If you've got your Bible, they're going to put it on the screen, but it's in John. We're going to start reading in verse 14. Today we're reading out of the Amplified Translation. But the Gospel of John was written by the Apostle John, not John the Baptist. He's going to be in this text, but it was written by the Apostle John who had personally spent over three years with Jesus. He had spent three years observing and and ministering with Jesus. And it's an account of the life of Jesus John's gospel with a focus on laying out and proving the deity of Jesus. And so what I want to do is if you look is it's an account of the life of Jesus with a total focus on he is the son of God. There's no question. I've witnessed the miracles I've witnessed. and So I want to start reading in verse 14. It says, And the word, and the word, and in parentheses, Christ, that's Christ, became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory, glory as belongs to the one and only begotten son of the father, the son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. Verse 15. John testified repeatedly about him. Now, this is John the Baptist John's talking about here. And as he cried out, testifying officially for the record, with validity and relevance, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me. Verse 16. For out of his fullness... And the Amplified defines fullness here. The super abundance of his grace and truth. We, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Look at this, favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Man, I like that. How many of you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to say that again says, for out of his fullness, the super abundance of his grace and truth. Not just abundance, but super abundance of his grace and truth. We have all, that's every one of us. That's every person sitting in this room right now. There is nobody in this room that is an exemption from what he's saying right here. He said, every one of us. He said, we have all received Grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Now look at this verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace, unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. Notice he said the law, which was the Old covenant. We're in the new covenant. So he said the old covenant, it came through Moses, but the, and what came with that was the law. But when we jumped in and came in to the new covenant, what we received is unearned, undeserved favor of God, the truth that came through Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 18, no one has seen God, his essence, his divine nature at any time. No one, in the, uh, no one at any time, the, the one and only begotten son, that unique son who is the intimate present, who is in the intimate presence of the Father. He has explained him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the Father. Jesus was the will of God the expression of God in the flesh. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. That's, that's, what God, that's what God is like. But what I want you to notice is he talks about two different ways of relating to God. He brings up the law, and he said through Moses came the law, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But he said that through Jesus came this thing called an abundance abundance of grace and he said and if you look at what he basically said he said there is unearned and undeserved favor of God that came through Jesus Christ and notice he talked about two very distinct before Jesus came the law it was through Moses from the natural standpoint and favor was based on your performance favor was based the law had a very distinct Purpose, but he said when Jesus came, grace, unearned, undeserved favor of God, it came. See, this, if you look at this, this unearned favor, it defies logic. The first level of favor when you talk about the law is we get it, we understand it, we live every day. If I do this, I get this. If I act like this, I get this. If I do this, I get this. But then he shifts over to a whole nother degree and he begins begins to talk about an unearned and undeserved favor of God that comes into our life because of Jesus. God wants us to differentiate between a law relationship and a grace relationship with Him. A law relationship is based on the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. A grace relationship is based on the goodness of God and the undeserved favor of God. And what we're going to see is God is very specific, and we're going to see why God did it that way. See, this favor, when you talk about unearned and unmerited, it defies logic. It absolutely defies logic. We don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I don't deserve this. I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't get this. See, this favor changes the heart of those that have an encounter with it and become aware of it. It changes their heart. They say, I know what I should get, but that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting something way, way better way, way better. This favor changes our heart. Once our heart is changed, our performance changes because of the response to it. Under the old covenant, it was all focused on performance. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to verse 8. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. No, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Let me just say this with me: say, God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes to your grace on my life. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 21. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who had never sinned to be a sin offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Realize this. Remember John 1.15. It says that the law came through Moses, but unearned favor came through Jesus Christ. The law in the Old Testament had a purpose. There was a very specific purpose, and the Bible lays it out. If you want to read Galatians and Romans, you can see it really clearly, but the law was never intended to bring right standing into our life and to give us an awareness that I'm right standing with God. In other words, your performance can never be good enough that you think I'm in right standing and I deserve to be in right standing. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And what, when you look at the law, real, that when God gave the law after man had sinned, Moses came around and there's millions of people. There's no Bible. They have no idea about the way that God thinks, but they believe in God. And so the purpose of the law was number one, to give them a picture of who God was. They didn't have a picture. And so if you look at the 10 commandments, it gave them a picture of who God was. And to paint a picture that get, that basically when they looked at the that picture and they read the 10 commandments it would what you see in galatians is its purpose was to say to us we don't measure up we will never be good enough we can't perform good enough and for us to realize that we need a redeemer we need a savior we need somebody to come and help us because the law simply modifies our external behavior the sin problem was on the inside the sin problem was a separation from God. And God, I need a redeemer. I need someone to, to save me. The law was given to keep them from self-destructing, to keep them from going off of the rails until the Savior comes. And it's in Galatians says it like this, it was like a guardian that while they were children until the full inheritance came, which was Christ, would come in their life. And what we have got to realize in our life is that a lot of times as Christians, we relate to God. God and see God simply through our performance rather than the favor, the goodness, and the grace of God. And whenever we base our value to God based on our performance, we will always feel unworthy. We will always feel unrighteous because we can always do better. We can always do better. We can always do better. Look at what it says in Galatians 2 verse 16 and verse 21 yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we, and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right in God's sight by obeying the law. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Realize this, that when we become aware of the favor of God over our life, that it is undeserved, it is unearned, and we simply respond to it. And we simply say, God, I don't deserve it but I believe it. I'm asking you, God, to come into my life. At that moment, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and all of the crazy funkiness that we have wrestled with for years begins to be his project in our heart. He changes us from the inside out. He changes because all of our response is now it's no longer about earning, it's about yielding to him. Ezekiel 36 prophesied about this. He said that when Jesus was going to come, he said, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. And I would take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. A new heart is when God changes our want to. God changes our want to. I believe today that a lot of Christians relate to God based on the Ten Commandments and the law. They look at God. It's all about performance. But the moment you shift over and you begin to see Jesus, God's plan is for us to become aware of his favor and invite him in and say, Lord, I don't deserve it, but I invite you in to my life. And the Holy Spirit then begins to change our want to. He changes what we want to do. He changes what the bends are because of his presence within our life. I love when you talk about favor. God's favor is, it's almost like God's plan is to become so aware of his favor that what's in our heart is, Lord, I'm grateful. God, I'm grateful for all that you've done. I'm grateful that your presence is in my life. And Lord, I just give you every part of my life and every area of my life. And then the Holy Spirit begins to change me from the inside. How many of you, I, I, as I reflect back, can I just have a super honest moment with y'all? I was raised in Huntington Beach, California. And in Huntington Beach, California, when I was in high school, and now this was freak back then. Okay, this was, this was like no other place. But marijuana was legal as long as you had less than an ounce. If you had less than an ounce, it was legal if you were over the age of 18. And so, amois thought, praise the Lord. No, I didn't think like that. <laughs> I didn't know the Lord. So, in high school, we had, at our high school, we had what was called smoker's field. You said, what was smoker's field? Smoker's field was where all of the smokers would go. And there's a couple picnic tables out there. And they would smoke their cigarettes and whatever else came in. How many of you know what I'm saying? And I remember that, um, so for probably four or five years, I smoked pot. I'd smoke pot. And I remember that when I came, became aware of God, that he was real. Before, he was not real to me. He was, I mean, I believed in him from just a cerebral point. I believed he was there, but it was not about a relationship. He was not for me. And when I became aware that he loved me in a real way and that he wanted to help my life, I had a mindset in my life that said this, in order to get him, I need to overcome this. In order for me to have him in my life, I need to stop this, I need to stop this, and I need to stop this. For the next six months, I tried to fix myself up so that I would be acceptable to him. And for the next six months, I failed over and over and over and condemned myself over and over and over. And finally, I came to the point in my life where I said, you know what, God? I can't fix my life. I can't stop this. I can't stop that. I give you my heart, and I give you my life just as I am. Do you know that within a month, those things that I could not overcome were no longer a struggle And that God changed me on the inside so now the hook was gone. As Christians, we're sitting here today and maybe in your life, you're looking at your life and you're saying, I have this struggle. I want to challenge you. Stop trying to fix it and start saying, Lord, I give you my heart. I believe in your undeserved superabundance of favor, and I invite the Holy Spirit to come in and change me. That is God's design. The old covenant design was to point to us to say, we can't fix it. That's the purpose of the law. You can't fix yourself. You need a redeemer. We come to Christ, and if we don't watch it, we begin to come up with, all of a sudden, My want to changes. God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to do what your word says for my life. Lord, I can't do it, but I need you to help me. Now, all of a sudden, our life is being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when somebody looks at you and they said, I know you and you've changed, how did you do it? Just look at them and say, wasn't me. I know it wasn't me. All I did was say, Lord, I give you everything. Come into my life. And Lord, there's no area that's off limits. I invite you in, and He will change you from the inside out. And what's amazing about this is our response is when we realize how good. God's grace is. It is so profound in our thinking. It is so profound in, oh my gosh, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve where I'm at, and it's all because of the grace of God. It just opens up an awareness that it's not my performance, but it's his love, it's his grace over my life. Are you with me today? This 4th of July weekend, I believe the Lord is saying to each and every one of us. I've got a favor that is greater than anything that you've ever tapped into in your life. And what I just simply want you to do is to say, Lord, I give you everything. I give you every part of my life, and I invite you to change me from the inside out. Are you with me today? Let me just say this. It takes all the sweat out of it. How many of you before have tried to fix something and just, uh, 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 no, 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 I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not. You know, uh, Joyce Meyer, how many of you like Joyce Meyer? Joyce, I was listening to her many years ago. And you know that her struggle when she first came to the Lord was smoking. And back then it was different. That, you know, they, they treated smoking a lot different. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're not even safe. And she said she would go to church and mint up and perfume up and everything. And, and then she would, uh, after service, she didn't want to leave, but she would need a cigarette. And so she would go lay down in the back seat of her car and smoke a cigarette. And and then, and then she would she would go back in, and she would just beat herself up, just beat herself up until she came to the point that just said, Lord, I can't do it, but I give you every area of my life. And she said, it wasn't very long, and God brought victory over her life. And I wonder today how many of us are sitting here today, and I'm just going to throw this out, on this Independence Weekend, you're sitting here today, and you've been fighting, struggling, doing, and God is saying, how about you now, become aware of my super abundance of favor over your life. That I love you, that I care about you, and you just go all in with me, give me your all, and watch what I can do with that area. Watch what I can do with that hurt. Watch what I can do with that image. Watch what I can do with that struggle watch what i can do where you are you've condemned yourself you've beat yourself up and the reason is is you're relating to me based on the old covenant not the new covenant and now it's time to say lord i just i go all in lord i didn't deserve it i don't deserve it you went way beyond and i'm just simply going to respond Stand to your feet if you would. Can we close our eyes for a moment? Lord, your plan just blows our mind. Lord, it causes us to reflect on probably the most popular scripture in the world, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And Then he says this, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. God didn't send his son into your life to bring condemnation over your life. You're here today and you've been condemning yourself. You've been beating yourself up. God is saying the reason is is because you have such an overwhelming desire to love me and to know me, but you're relating to me based on an old covenant mentality rather than an awareness that you're right standing with me and that yes, your performance is an issue, but your performance doesn't earn you. Your performance drives you, and pushes you to open the door to me and I come in and change you from the inside out. Say that with me. Say, Lord, today, I need you. Lord, you said that the law came through Moses. Performance came from Moses. But through you is an abundance of grace and favor. And Lord, today we respond to your favor. Say that with me. Say, Lord, I respond to your love and your favor. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And I invite you. Come in. Help me, God, to know you. Lord. I want a New Testament relationship with you. Fill me with your spirit. In
0: Jesus' name. Jesus. This scripture stirs up my heart again. It's been stirring, but it stirred up my heart again. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11 and 14, it says, Finally, believers, rejoice. Be made complete be what you should be. And when you look that up in the Greek, it means by the power of the Holy Spirit, be mended, be restored, be adjusted, be prepared, be thoroughly made complete, be comforted, be like-minded. That doesn't mean we all think alike. It means we are to think like Christ, having the mind of Christ. Be like-minded like Christ. Live in peace. Enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. And the God of love and peace, the source of loving kindness, will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship or the partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you all in the
1: name of Jesus. Lord, today, as we come before you, Lord, we recognize. Lord, we live in this world system that favor is earned, that it's based on our performance, that it's based on what we do. And Lord, some of us are sitting here and maybe looking at our lives and the enemy has a way of trying to beat us up based on mistakes or weaknesses within our life but Lord, we come in contact and your word turns the light on that your favor is unearned. It's unmerited. You just automatically, your love doesn't change. It's white hot all the time. Lord, you don't love us anymore or any less based on what we're going through. And you're wanting to get into our heart that your love is leading and guiding You know, there's a passage in Romans and it says that it's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. It's the goodness of God toward us in our life. It's us being aware of his goodness. He's not condemning. He's not pushing down. He's wanting his Holy Spirit to come into our life and to energize his word on the inside of us and to begin to change our want to, to begin to change our heart on the inside where those old shackles, instead of us struggling with them, we don't get it, but they just start falling off. They just start falling off. Say that with me right now. Say, Lord, I invite you to every room in my life. I invite your Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. You're welcome in my life to bring freedom. I don't have to get it, but I believe it. In Jesus' name.